0: You are listening to an Awkward Human podcast. For more information on this podcast or all of our shows, visit awkwardhuman.com slash shows. And we're back. We're back to another episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Interview with a Comic Book Nerd. This is Richard Cardenas. How are you all doing? Um, let's see. The week did not start off great. Um, as a lot of you know, or may know, may hopefully know, um, there was a uh, a, a horrible incident in Las Vegas where about fifty-nine people died, over five hundred people were injured, and um. I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, just to 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 kind of like pay my respects in a way. Um, so I, I just wanted to say that, you know, I know I'm aware and here we are again. Um, and the only reason, well, not the only reason, but one of the reasons that I wanted to mention is because it's been just over a year since the last biggest uh, mass shooting in modern history. That we've ever had and I am referring to Orlando uh, the Pulse nightclub which you know was a tragedy as well Um, so yeah I just wanted to just put that out there Um, it sucks really sucks but uh, you know this is a show about entertainment so I am here to entertain you so with that aside um, let's get on with the show Uh, hey everyone (laughs) so how is everyone's week going? besides that uh mine has been kind of up and down um i got really sick today i'm not going to tell you the entire story of uh all the stuff that happened to me uh with this with this sick that <laughs> happened to me but i got sick today so i'm i'm not i'm not liking that but anyway let's get on with the show okay so it's been two weeks since i last talked to you guys and a lot has happened there are a few things that i have decided to pull out and talk about one of those things being the news about the venom movie so we got a new person joining tom hardy and Riz ahmed uh Michelle Williams is cast and she's going to be playing a district attorney slash the love interest of Tom Hardy. So that's interesting, you know, but at the same time, like what's happening? (laughs) I mean, this movie sounds awful, but it has amazing actors in it. So like I have one question. Is this going to be the movie Michelle Williams finally wins an Oscar for him? I'm not being serious, but at the same time, wouldn't it be amazing if this was the movie that got her the Oscar? <laughs> um, yeah, so that's news. I mean, it's really weird. I don't know how to feel about this movie. It's it's so weird, but let's move on. Um, Remember how a while back I said I was watching Iron Fist and I was going to finish it? I never talked about it, but let's talk about it now. Okay, so I finished Iron Fist finally, and here is what I will say. It was fine. Um, I know this is like old news to you guys. Probably all of you have already seen it and hated it already, but um, I don't know. I didn't feel bored by it. It's forgettable for sure. The only things that I'm kind of taking away from it are the fact that Claire Temple took the claw fists at the end of the season. So I'm hoping for like a white tiger or even an original superhero role for her. She's like already in training with Colleen. She's eventually going to start fighting. Um, Speaking of feline heroines, Hellcat for Jessica Jones season two. I mean, that hasn't been announced, but I'd like that to be announced. We already got you know, the hand and dragons. Why not drag her to hell and (laughs) turn her into a superhero? I'm all for the absurd if it's done right. Um, Don't ask me how to do it because, you know, I wouldn't know the first thing about bringing that onto the screen. Um, Also, we get joy. I mean, this is back to Iron Fist. We get joy meeting with Davos about taking down Danny. Um, Before the, the, when I had first only seen half of the season I had mentioned that I wanted Joy to become evil by the end of the season this is not quite what I had in mind Um, but I'll take it Um, I would have liked to see her character turn to that point a little better like I don't know I felt like the development of it like it was there but I I feel like I would have wanted to see that development a a little bit uh, more I don't know Uh, but it's fine I suppose whatever Um, also we got Inhumans that premiered um it's not terrible <laughs> I've only watched the first episode and I wasn't too thrilled about it the acting feels strange like some of them can act and then some of them can't or I mean I okay let forgive me some of them act uh better than others <laughs> um it feels like this is everyone's first role. I don't know. Um, but I'm going to give it another ep- another few episodes because I kind of want to see where this goes and how it will tie into the MCU, if at all. Uh, but I'm not going to dedicate an entire season to it if I'm not feeling it. I, if I'm not feeling it, no. Like, I, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but I'll give it maybe like two episodes more and we'll see what they do with it. Um, The second episode is already out and the third one will be coming this week. So mm, we'll see. Whatever. Uh, You guys, I watched Kingsman, the circle, the golden circle. Uh, It was fine. Um, It was still entertaining. The first one, I don't, I mean, this isn't an original opinion, but it's very sexist in my opinion. Uh, And the second one was sort of better. But at the same time, it still wasn't. Um, For those of you who haven't seen it, I won't spoil things, but I'll just say, you know what? Fuck it. If I spoil it, I'm sorry. (laughs) If you haven't seen it, skip ahead. If you don't care to see it, keep listening. Um, Or if you don't mind spoilers, keep listening. But basically, why I, I was bothered by the movie, and I'm not a woman, but I like women fighting, is that you never see a woman fighting. And that was like kind of the problem with uh the first one where we had roxy the character of roxy who you know became a spy and everything or not became a spy she she joined the king's men she was like the one who beat eggsy the main character to become lancelot and you never saw her like battle it out it was always Exy. you know like he came in out of nowhere you know because someone died and he had to take their place or whatever and he went out to save the world and she was like launched into space and did nothing Um, so that was a bit disappointing and I was hoping that there'd be more for her to be doing in this movie, but nope. That didn't happen. Uh, There was not a single woman who was fighting in this film, which, like, I get it. It's, you know, it's a playoff of the James Bond films and yada, 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 whatever. But, like, at the same time, mm, give us something. Uh, I mean, especially because Halle Berry's character is like, I really want to join the Statesman. The Statesman is like the American version of the Kingsman. So she's like, I really want to be a member of the Statesman and blah, blah, blah. And she, like, kept making it a point to talk about that. But she never proved herself. At all in the film, like her capabilities, um, except for you know being the the Merlin in America, like that's what she was, uh, the person like you know telling, basically the person behind the computer, the desk guy or whatever, uh, so that's her role, and and it was just, ugh. and then there is this scene with a vagina, and it's like funny, I guess, but. Uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> I know I sound very down on the movie, but I actually did enjoy most of it. Um it, it was entertaining. I I I don't know, 3 out of 5, I guess. Uh Julianne Moore was delightful. I wish uh we would have had more of her. By the way, and this is another spoiler, so skip ahead like hit the 15 skip mark on this one. They had Elton John in the film, which I'm all for. He fought and there were no women fighting. Like Come on, <laughs> all right, I think um, I think I'll just leave it at that i am not gonna keep talking about um Kingsman any more than that, but you know what? if you're looking for a good time and not really having to think about anything at all go watch the film like i I enjoyed it, it was still entertaining. I would have liked it to not have been as sexist what i'm hoping for and you know we already have all these movies already trying to make their universes you know dc's universe uh the dark universe with universal monsters uh mcu and you know other stuff emerging what i would like to see is a kingsman universe i think that would be really cool like we've got the kingsman we've got the statesman who kind of really didn't do anything in the film except for one character um i've got the kingsman we've got the statesman like introduce a third group or a fourth group like introduce all these other spy groups that are kind of all connected to each other and then maybe like bring them all into one movie i think that would be kind of cool to see um i mean these movies i don't think are supposed to inspire in any way other than their like creativity with the fight scenes i think their fight scenes are very um uh what's the word i am looking for innovative i really like their their fight scenes and so like that's kind of like the only reason you would go see them and they're funny <laughs> but uh so why not make a universe out of it like I'm down for it and I know a lot of people are like original films like we need more of that we don't need blah 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 spin-offs I don't care like I'm I'm going to the movie to be entertained and that's why I'm there so Anyway, sorry, that was a, a whole spiel. But anyway, I would like them to have a universe, like make some spin-off films, and maybe even have an all-female spy group or something. You know, like an Australian female spy group or or whatever, like a Japanese female spy group. I think that would be really cool. Uh, and then, you know, like at the end, uh, put them all together in one big film, and I think magic can happen. Come on, Matthew Vaughn. Is that his name? The writer uh, Matt Vaughn. I don't know. Um, So anyway, that's a thing. Uh, Let's go ahead and go on to our uh, recap. That's right. We need a recap for this episode. So I decided to go back way back to uh, like the first appearances of Green Lantern. That's right. I I don't. Was this in like the sixties? I don't know. But um, this specific issue is from. Green Lantern volume two. This is number one. It's called the planet of doomed men. All right. So the reason I'm doing this one is because it's silly and I don't think I've done a silly uh, recap before of just like the crazy old 60s, 70s uh, era of comic books. And so I was like, this one's silly. Like it's not the silliest one they've done, but uh, it's silly enough that I liked it (laughs) because it was silly. And plus we get an origin story recap for Hal Jordan. So that's kind of nice. Uh, Anyway, so this is The Planet of Doomed Men. It's written by John Broom, pencils by Gil Kane, and inks by Murphy Anderson. All right, let's get into it. So we open up with Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, doing a test piloting thing. He's he's a test pilot, (laughs) and he's flying a jet. um, And so there are these blue aliens called Guardians that are kind of watching him. And they are planning to abduct his... I don't know, consciousness, soul or whatever (laughs) so that they can test out whether or not he's worthy of his Green Lantern ring. They own the rings, I guess. They're like the people who kind of like control and send out their people to do things like save the universe and stuff. So, yeah, they abduct his consciousness and begin to go through like his origin. So we get a retelling of how he gets his powers from Avin Sur, who is an alien that crash landed on Earth. He died and transferred the Green Lantern power to Hal Jordan. We see Hal was like basically picked up by the ring and taken to Avin Sur. He tells Hal about the Green Lantern power and does a quick tutorial about how to cha- charge the ring and the passage he has to recite when he powers his ring. There's like a passage that they did like a, an oath that they have to say when they're powering the ring, um, which basically can hold a 24-hour charge. Hello, Apple. Get on that technology. Um, the Guardians decide he's worthy of being the Green Lantern for his sector, and they send him off back to his body that is piloting a jet like he was taken out of his body whilst piloting a jet but we won't talk about that um but anyway they're like you guys this guy is cool let's give him an assignment now uh but apparently by uh being soul robbed i guess uh he will remember none of what he experienced with the green um sorry with the guardians so why would they make him forget if they're just going to go turn right back around and give him an assignment therefore making themselves known to him i don't know the 60s were silly i guess Um, So Hal is changing out of his test pilot uniform and is thinking to himself about Carol, who's his boss. She's in love with the Green Lantern and um, doesn't know that Hal is the Green Lantern. And he's trying to win her affection as Hal, but she doesn't want to date her employee so things are seriously complicated so the guardians eventually contact him through his like wireless charging lantern and tell him that there is some shit going down in his sector on the pal on the planet kalor which is carol with the l and the r switched (laughs) so he's he starts charging his ring by you know reciting the oath which is in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evils might beware my power. Green lantern's light. So every time I read that, I always expect an "I am Captain Planet" <laughs> at the end, which you know never comes, and it's just a little disappointing. <laughs> uh, so anyway. He lands on Kalor, a.k.a. Carol spelled differently, and finds these human-like people. They don't speak English because they're from another planet. Uh, So he uses his ring to translate the conversation. The ring can perform miracles, you guys. <laughs> it just does whatever uh Hal wants it to do. It's the power of will, his willpower, I guess. Um so they tell Hal that they've been praying to Kama which is like a spirit in a tree or is the tree or something I don't really know and they believe Kama has sent Hal here to defeat the Drig that's terrorizing him and they lead Hal to this volcano where the Drig lives it's this huge ape elf king kong thing with a mohawk um <laughs> so picture that and and burgundy-ish uh not uh I guess it's a little burgundy-ish, yeah. So it has mental powers, uh, and it's like hurting Hal. He doesn't know quite how to defeat this thing, but eventually, Hal uh, like figures out since this creature lives in this volcano, it should be weak against cold, and he starts spraying the creature with liquid oxygen from his miracle. Ring. That's right. He is spraying liquid oxygen out of his ring. <laughs> so <laughs> he encapsulates the creature in a block of ice and in a dick move takes it to the coldest part of the planet so it can never unfreeze. <laughs> Poor creature. Poor Drig. Um, as he's flying away from Kalor. He sees them, the, the creature guys, the humans, um, thanking the tree, and hell's like, mm, no harm in letting them believe a free, I mean a tree uh fixed their situation. And he flies back to Earth to meet with Carol, aka Kalor spelled differently. Um, he has a date with her, apparently. And that's how the issue ends. So that one was a quick one. <laughs> and I just wanted to to just give you guys that because it's just silly. Like, it's just weird. Like, the ring can do anything, which I don't think it can do later on. But you know what? This is the 60s. I think it's the 60s. If not the 60s, the late 50s. Anyway, it's a silly <laughs> issue. That's kind of how the entire series is so far. I've been reading from the very beginning because um, I had on uh, Topher Harless on an episode talking about Hal Jordan. And um, that wasn't specifically about Hell, Jordan, because we got a lot into just like the the lanterns, all the other colors of the lanterns and all of them. And uh, yeah, that's a fun episode. So go check that one out. I don't know what number that is right now, but, you know, just go to the feed (laughs) and find the Green Lantern episode. Anyway, uh, so I've been reading the Green Lantern from the very beginning and uh, just decided that, you know, hey, why not? Let's let's talk about this one. Uh, Yeah. So. That's that. That's the end of the top of the episode, you guys. Um, Now, now we're going to go on to the interview with Zachary Vaudo. Uh, he is talking about Moon Knight. Now, I had only read and I'll talk about this in the interview, but I had only read one trade of Moon Knight and it was confusing as hell because I really didn't understand what was going on uh and uh now i do <laughs> but uh moon knight is fascinating he's kind of an interesting character and you'll learn all about that obviously in this episode so without further ado let's talk to zachary Vado all about moon knight oh so, yeah let's just get started ah, let's just get started um Zachary Vaudo, you are on my show. Everyone, welcome Zachary Vaudo. Uh, Hi, everybody. Hold for applause. Um, it's not happening. Okay, so <laughs> I'm
1: used to it, it's fine.
0: <laughs> no, um, we don't have a live audience here. <laughs> but um, so uh you are here, you're you're joining me to talk about Moon Knight. Yes. So this character I actually don't have much knowledge whatsoever I read one of the trades which I think is one of the probably more recent trades it was a volume one and I feel like my fickle brain just could not handle it (laughs) (laughs) I was like what is happening what's going on um so basically like the basic knowledge that I have is that he is kind of possessed by an Egyptian god and has like multiple personalities and that's pretty much all I know
1: that is that's that's the surface uh which which trade did you pick up like do you remember um, who wrote it
0: uh it was someone popular now um, name name some writers uh,
1: the the most recent ones were like Warren Ellis uh, Brian Wood and Colin Bunn, and then Jeff Lemire they, they wrote the most mm. recent ones uh, Brian Michael Bendis wrote some of his stuff like maybe like a decade ago oh
0: okay um i feel like Brian Michael Bendis is the one, but probably not. I can tell you what story I read or what sure. was in there. Uh He was basically going through a building to rescue a little girl.
1: That is, that's Warren Ellis.
0: Oh, Warren Ellis. Okay. <laughs> yep. That's actually my
1: favorite. That's actually my favorite. It's uh, my favorite story from the Warren Ellis run. Uh, If anybody that's listening has seen the, the movie, the protector, it's the martial art movie, Tony Jaa from Ong Bak. Uh, he's like, he has a pet elephant that gets taken, and he is, like, fighting a bunch of bad guys to get it back. Really weird plot, but that issue fo- follows a part in that movie where he breaks into a building and fights his way all the way to the top of the building. Hmm. Uh, Ellis wound up capturing that same essence in this story, so that's one of my favorite ones uh, thematically. Oh, yeah, so you didn't you started in an interesting place because Warren Ellis's run is – where I suggest people that have never gotten into Moon Knight start because everything is very episodic and standalone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can read any of those issues. There's not a big connecting arc. It's all very vignette. So it's very good for that. But you also sort of sacrifice having the massive amounts of backstory uh, of Moon Knight going yeah. all the way back to 1975 when he when he first appeared. So great great for just jumping in, but bad for expansive knowledge <laughs>
0: yeah very much so <laughs> so why don't we go ahead and start from the beginning um where wh- okay so i know that the character's name is uh mark Spector. yes how how did this all come about for him
1: all right so well i'll, I'll start with how it came about for mark specter and then i'll go into how it came about for us so oh, okay. mark is mark's an interesting guy so mark was the son of a rabbi Uh, who promptly rejected all of his father's teachings and went off to find himself.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, He became a boxer and then he became a Marine and then he worked for the CIA and like he wound up like, like getting to know a lot of people that you, that come up again later in Marvel, like uh, a guy who became crossfire pops up again later on. He had a lot of very, Interesting run-ins, family run-ins. Uh, he, had, he had to chase down his brother who went psychotic and killed somebody with a meat cleaver. Oh, geez. He worked with like a French mercenary that winds up becoming kind of the Robin to his Batman mm-hmm. uh, later on in the comics. Uh, a comparison that I'll bring up multiple times okay. Uh, okay. With, with Moon Knight. But at one point he's doing mercenary work and he's over in Egypt and he's working... He's working in the area, and he's been tracking down. Well, yeah, he's been tracking down people, and he falls in with this uh, this guy named Bushman. Uh, Bushman becomes sort of his nemesis in the comics for a while. Uh, he becomes a mercenary for Bushman, but he starts to sort of uh, pull away from Bushman's savagery because he's a very ruthless guy. Mm. He straight up kills this archaeologist uh, while he's trying to dis- while he's trying to find the archaeologist's uh, discovery of like an Egyptian tomb. Mm. And he gets into a fight with Bushmen. Uh, they wind up fighting. He's defeated and he's knocked unconscious, left for dead in the desert, and d- drags himself like through the, basically through the desert until he winds up at the tomb that the archeo- the killed archaeologist was discovering, and he collapses at the foot of this of this monument that is built to the god Konshu. Uh, Kanshu is the Egyptian god of the of the night and the moon. Mm. Uh, he's the opposite of Ra. not opposites more or less, but yeah he's the opposite of Ra, and that Ra is of the sun, Conchu is of the moon, two sides of the same coin kind of deal.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, but in the comics, uh, in the in the comics, Specter collapses at the foot of the monument, seems like he's dead, pops back up again uh, and he has this he had this near-death experience where he met Khonshu, and Khonshu agreed to bring him back from the dead if he pledged himself to his name and fought in his name.
0: Okay.
1: So Mark Spector, who has lived his entire life just sort of running from religion and running from having a purpose, is suddenly charged with like a holy crusade by an Egyptian god mm-hmm. to vanquish evil in the name of Khonshu. Okay. And with all the money that he's accumulated from the mercenary work and everything, and everything else he's done in his life, and all the skills that he learned from being a marine and a CIA operative, he takes on this this mantle of the Fist of Khonshu, uh and becomes Moon Knight. And you know, for a while he's for a while he's fighting around the world, and then he winds up locating in the United States again, uh, waging war on crime specifically.
0: Okay.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's the origin of Moon Knight. Where we meet Moon Knight uh, is in the is not in his own comic, but it's in the comic Werewolf by Night. Uh, werewolf by Night uh, stars the the man named Jack Russell. There was a very original name uh, given to the, <laughs> given to them. Uh, but he's he's a werewolf, and we meet Moon Knight because he's been hired by oh, what are they called? Uh, the Secret Empire. It's it's a crime syndicate. Uh, it's a crime syndicate that is the 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 crime syndicate that is the sworn enemy of the werewolf by night he fights them a lot they bring in a mercenary to take down werewolf by night and he is dubbed Moon Knight uh, the secret empire gives him the gives Mark Specter the name Moon Knight he doesn't name himself that
0: oh okay
1: uh, yeah before because before that canonically Mark has just been you know fighting crime in the name of Kanshu but the secret empire gives him the name and Spectre is tasked with taking down uh, Jack, he goes to take down Jack, uh, and then suddenly like double crosses the secret empire and frees Jack. And then, you know, winds up fighting him again. Uh, it's, it's a bunch of weird back and forth where there's a bit of retconning going on where he was bad. And then in later comics, it turns out that Mark was actually undercover in the secret empire to try to take them out. And because of that, he had to fight Jack, Mm. uh, they keep they keep ta- uh, clashing back and forth, but eventually it's revealed that Mark was supposed was doing it to take out the crime syndicate entirely, and it just meant that he had to fight Jack in the process. Um, from there, we start getting all of uh, all of Mark's other stories where he's fighting other villains. He gets his, he appears in some other uh, serials. I think he had a black and white serial for a while before he starts getting his own comics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, he gets like he gets the fist of Konshu comic where he abandons the Moon Knight name, uh, and like he he abandons the Moon Knight name uh, and starts going in like, again just as a weapon of the god. At one point, I think it's actually before all of this, he gets bitten by Jack the werewolf uh-huh. and gains super strength and other abilities from the werewolf bite. Uh, that eventually goes away. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, he comes back as Moon Knight. He's a, he's a very fluid character mm.
0: uh, but
1: he's he, but he's always he's always a very constant in his actions which is he's very aggressive in crime fighting has lots of means to reach these ends mm-hmm. and the pressure of what he's doing and the weight of the holy crusade that he's on is slowly fracturing his mind the whole way through mm.
0: okay uh, yeah that's
1: it That's a a crash course in Moon Knight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So you mentioned that, you know, he made his first appearance in in Jack's comic series. Uh, Yes. Did he, I mean, does the Secret Empire ever come back in his stories as far as like, are they like a recurring thing for him or is it just kind of like explaining why he was there?
1: It's explaining why he was there. They come back again when they retcon the story to show that, uh, that Mark wasn't a villain. He mm-hmm. was actually a hero masquerading as a villain. Okay. But Mark and Jack take out the Secret Empire in that story arc. Oh, so uh, they just like never yeah. return? Uh, I think like, they, they might rise up again a little bit, but they're not a big deal after that point. Like Moon Knight's appearance was marked the end of the Secret Empire oh. as a major villain. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, this isn't like the same name. This isn't the same Secret Empire that we're getting in Marvel <laughs> Comics right now. This is a... Right. This is a different like crime syndicate, secret empire.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and then um, this uh, Jack character is he kind of like a recurring character for Moon Knight? Yes, uh, he well
1: sort of. Uh, he he appears he appeared frequently. He we haven't seen him in a while. Uh, I think the Werewolf by Night series actually kind of went by the wayside after a little while. Um, he yeah he's he's appeared on and off. Over the over the over the years, I think he. Uh, I think we last saw him in two thousand and nine,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, where where they might have actually. Uh, I, I can't remember if they killed him or not, but he he just he van he hasn't really been seen in the past ten years okay. in comics, <laughs> uh, but he appeared a good he went off in the Moon Knight comics because it had a lot to do with his origin and also, gave Mark his powers for a little while. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, powers that were dependent on the lunar cycle.
0: Mm-hmm. So you did mention earlier um, that Mark decides that, you know, he has the powers of Khonshu and he's going to fight in the name of Khonshu. Does and, and you also said that he kind of like didn't, he, he didn't have a strong belief system, I guess. Um, is that ever conflicting? I know he didn't have a strong belief in, you know, Judaism or anything like that, but like, does that ever come back, or is that ever a theme or anything? Um,
1: A little bit. It's a, a little bit. For the most part,
0: he believes
1: very strongly in his mission. Uh, there are times in the comics where Conshu seems not to believe in him hmm. uh, anymore. He doesn't. He doesn't believe in him as his uh, as his vessel, as his as his fist, and the the mantle actually get. The mantle actually gets uh, taken away from him briefly. Uh, his own self-doubt uh, has him losing has him losing abilities. For the most part, Kanshu doesn't give him a, doesn't Kanshu never gives him powers. Uh, that's an important thing. Uh, mm. Kanshu never gives Moon Knight abilities. The only time he got like super strength and super speed and agility and stuff like that was from a werewolf bite. Okay. Kanshu is pretty much just telling him like, I brought you back from the dead. Therefore, you work for me. And he drops into Mark's mind to like guide him. Mm. But, you know, because, because that's really all exists, Mark does have some self doubt. And whenever that happens, Kanshu becomes at odds with him. And he doesn't lose abilities per se, but he starts failing more and he starts doubting himself more. And in one of the more recent issues, Khonshu, the title of Kanshu actually gets taken away from him. Uh, but he eventually reclaims it. It's, it's kind of messy. Uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of messy, but for the most part, he believes very wholly in what he's doing. What it may not necessarily be because of Kanshu. It may be more of just him finally deciding that the way he was living was wrong Mm
0: -hmm. and he's trying to write it. Uh, okay. So, um, what, Oh God, I had a question and then it fell out of my head. So we're going to go into a different one. (laughs) Um, I am curious uh, about his whole like multiple personalities thing. Um, Now, was that something that developed after Khonshu kind of like got into his head? Or did he have some kind of like DID prior to that?
1: Uh, So yes and no. Uh, Again, the the whole Moon Knight arc gets very messy. In the, ori- in the Origins, uh, when Spectre returns to the United States, he dumps all of his mercenary money into investments and becomes, becomes a millionaire.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. But he still has this history as a mercenary. So he creates like, you know how companies will sometimes create a shell company to represent them? Mm-hmm. He creates a shell personality. He creates, an, he creates the identity of Stephen Grant, the millionaire entrepreneur, and Stephen Grant has all this investment money and is super duper rich, uh, and so he owns the giant building that, that Mark lives in, uh, and so he and he has the ability to, to move all the assets and the funds. While and so the identity of Mark Spector can sort of stay aloof and hidden from the, from the public eye,
0: hmm.
1: and then at the same time, uh, he, he wants to keep the. Uh, like civilian connections and keep and keep in touch with the street level stuff. So he creates another persona of Jake Lockley. Jake Lockley is a taxi driver and he, you know, makes a lot of uh, underworld acquaintances through his job. He's just driving around the city, getting to know people, uh, Mm. hearing like people talking. So he's, so he's holding on to three identities that he has created. Mm. This. And then, yeah. So originally they're just, you know, personas kind of like how, uh, the shadow was uh, Kent Allard, and then he took on the identity of Lamont Cramston uh, when he came back to the States. Mark has just created multiples of these.
0: Okay. And it started
1: out like that. And then as he goes through, the weight of having a god basically living in your head and talking to you all the time, uh-huh. plus all, of the, all of the pressure of... The of the crime fighting and vigilantism that he's doing starts to weigh on his psyche, mm. and he start and he and he starts mentally cracking a bit, and he actually starts dissociating a little bit, and these identities take on personalities of their own, uh, and then beyond that, Mark has multiple uh, elements of Moon Knight. He has multiple renditions of Moon Knight.
0: Jeez.
1: Yeah, so like, yeah. You know, in comics, normally like a character will change costumes from time to time, like <laughs> and he did like he has got the all white thing with the crescent and then he has one where it has the uh the onk on it and then he's got a silver costume and then he goes back to white. But he's not content with just doing that. He creates a another Moon Knight apart from the one that we already know called Mr. Knight. Mr. Knight wears a three-piece white suit, mm. all white gloves, mask over his face, and he's a very, like, noir detective-y kind of character. Like, he's not so much like the swoop-in-on-a-cape. He's the roll-up-in-a-limo kind of guy.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And yeah. then he has another rendition, uh, <laughs> which has been referred to as, like, the ghost armor, which he's been, which looks like looks he looks like a mummy, but with a giant like bird skull that he wears uh-huh. <laughs> and a tattered and like a tattered cape and whatnot and it's very terrifying <laughs> uh, it's called, and it's called his ghost armor. So not only does he have three civilian identities, he has three hero identities
0: Dude. of Moon Knight. Those... And, his, and
1: his mind is fracturing and he's in different personalities depending on which Moon Knight he is and which person he is. Uh, and again, the weight of all of this just starts to fracture his mind.
0: Wow. Okay. Over time. So, so, okay. <laughs> wow. That's a lot. Um, yeah. So he, his, his civilian personalities don't like take on alter egos of the heroes. They're just six distinct personalities.
1: Uh Yeah. Wow. Pretty much like. Yeah, he yeah he ha- they they st- they start out as just like pers- as just personas that he's putting on, and then over time they start like again like because of his mental state, they take on their own personalities, their own quirks, uh, and then he starts dissociating where like uh, you know Lockley will sort of take control for a little while and he'll live as Jake Lockley, or he'll suddenly start living as Stephen Grant, and then he'll suddenly like wind up back as as Mark Spector. <laughs>
0: So is that kind of like a like a deliberate decision on his end or is it literally just like something taking over that makes him do this?
1: It started as a deliberate decision and then it became against his will.
0: Wow. And but the crazy
1: thing but the crazy thing is all of these characters are still like all these personas are still moon knight. It's just a matter of which one of them <laughs> is in control will determine which Moon Knight we get. Mm.
0: Okay, so when you say they're all Moon Knight, are they're not Mr. Knight or the Mummy Knight.
1: Those are all Moon Knight. Mr. Oh. Knight and the Ghost Armor are still Moon Knight, but Mr. Knight belongs to Stephen Grant, I believe, and the Ghost Armor belongs to Jake Lockley. Ah,
0: uh, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, so they're all Moon Knight, so each of his personalities has their own representation of Moon Knight, and, <laughs> and how so whichever personality is in control, that's the
0: Moon Knight you get. Uh-huh. And what it okay? What is the difference between the three? Like, why are there three different? Like, what do they do that's different from each other when they're like out fighting crime or whatever? Well, like I said, it's just
1: it's a matter of how the of how each personality perceives the role of Moon Knight. Mark Spector, uh. Mark Spector's Moon Knight is very is very superhero-y Batman kind like kind of stuff. Flies in on on his jet uh like you know drops out of the sky, has batons and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh he yeah, he, he's very superhero-y. Mr. Knight is very detective. Like again, he'll he has a, he has a private limo. Uh he, he'll roll up in that, he does a lot of de- detective work and is very, you know, Fists on the street, kind of person. Mm-hmm. The ghost armor is just again just this terrifying apparition uh, <laughs> that that appears, and you know it, it will just wreak havoc everywhere. It just depends on which on which personality is in control and how they perceive what Moon Knight means
0: mm. to them. Okay, so the the run that I ended up reading, the Warren Ellis run, um, it seems to me that we got much more of the uh, Mister Knight personality Um,
1: yeah ellis liked mr knight a lot more okay
0: uh so what i noticed for mr knight was that he was very violent um he had no problem kind of like maiming people (laughs) oh oh they're all they're all very
1: violent oh are they yes uh they're all absolutely violent uh in fact mark specter remember bushman that i mentioned earlier right yeah yeah uh uh i well actually i can't remember if this is the same person or not no, I think it is. Uh, I think I believe Bushman becomes Bushmaster uh, over time. He becomes like his own his own sort of a uh, his own sort of persona. He becomes an arch arch nemesis. If I'm wrong on that, that's cool. Either way, there is a character <laughs> named Bushmaster that is an arch nemesis of Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bushmaster has like a visual stick. He has a skull tattoo uh, outlined in red ink on his face. He's very he's just like he's he's also like very violent and very like primal. And they fight a whole lot. And there's a point where Moon Knight literally just has enough of it, and after he's beaten Bushmaster, he takes Moon Knight. Ha- you know how Batman has batarangs? Mm-hmm. Moon Knight has crescents. They're like little. They're shaped like little crescent moons. They're made out of steel. He throws them the exact same way, uh, except he also uses them like knives. Uh, and Moon Knight straight cuts the skull off of his face. Wow. Yeah, because he's had <laughs> enough of it, and Moon Knight's also been known like he he's done. He's done a lot of that of that of a uh, like fear and violence uh, in his crime fighting. I keep comparing to Batman, and I'll I'll put it aside for a bit. I keep comparing to Batman because to me, Moon Knight is a more realistic representation of what would happen if you actually try to become Batman.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Like
1: you know, Bruce Wayne is this is this kid who like he's a he's a rich kid who winds like running away and gets brought in by this like secret cabal of ninja monks that train him. And then he, when he comes back, he still has all of his money, and you know now he's a now he's a superhero, and he has all this time training that seems like it wouldn't make any sense by a regular person. And uh, he's a little <laughs> crazy, but not like too, but he's like paranoid crazy. Mark <laughs> actually has years of official training. Again, he was a boxer, he was a marine, he was a CIA operative. You can actually track that training. Uh, you can see where his money comes from. It's not like it we're just waiting there when he came back. You can see where it comes from, <laughs> uh-huh. and the mental toll that it takes on him is is significant. A lot more, like um, almost more significant than Batman's. Um, he's and he's also a he's also a, a, a mirror of Batman. Uh, Batman wears all black because he likes to sneak around in the in the in the night and surprise people and use that theatricality of like bleeding in from the shadows. Moon Knight wears all white because, and this is a quote from the comics, he wants villains to see him coming.
0: He wants villains
1: to see the white and start pissing themselves because oh my god, it's Moon Knight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so, so Moon Knight is is to me like he's still bizarre uh, and he's still very comic booky, but it's a more to me he's always been a more realistic representation of what Batman could be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I, I I go into all that because do you remember in Batman versus Superman? When they had when they had Batman like branding people with a bat symbol, and a lot of fans were like, "That's so fucked up. Why would <laughs> why why would Batman do that? Batman would never do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Moon
1: Knight did that.
0: <laughs>
1: moon Knight would, Moon Knight would brand villains with a crescent moon on their forehead wow. <laughs> as a mark of this is a criminal who has been stopped by Moon Knight. You do not want to associate with this person.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. he's he. Okay. So. I only just, like, kind of recently in the past, like, year or two found out Moon Knight was even a thing. Like, I don't even know how. Like, I mean, okay, a little bit of my history with comic books. Like, I didn't start reading comics for, I don't know. It it, it probably, like, started five years ago is when I started actually, like, reading and picking up stuff. So, but, like, even then, I didn't know who Moon Knight... I never even saw Moon Knight. Is, Is... Was he gone for a long time? Was he, like,
1: around? Like sort of. He? Sort of. So, so he, had, he had a whole bunch going on from, like, you know, when he was when, on his rise, from, like, seven, 1975 uh, through, the, like, through the 80s a bit. And then he had dropped off a bit in the 90s, and then he, re, he had a bunch of minor appearances with, like, Black Panther, Spider-Man, Daredevil, Punisher, mm-hmm. uh, the Great Lakes Avengers. Mm. He would, like, <laughs> pop up here and there. Uh, and then he came back in. Uh, in 2006, um, I believe that was Bendis' run. That may, Bendis' run may have been later. Um, no, Ben, wait, let me think. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: it doesn't matter. Anyway, so he comes back in 2006 <laughs> and that's the Bush, that's the Bushman. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the Bushman-Bushmaster fight where he like, where he cars off his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, bang. And, and so he, he rises back up in, in that. Um, and he winds up getting drawn into the superhero registration act. Uh, oh, really? he does a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, he's got, he's got his own comic run. He becomes part of secret Avengers in the Shatterland thing. Uh, and then he fades away for a little bit and then he comes back again, uh, in his, in his own series that is uh, yeah, in 2011 when Bendis did his thing. Cause that's when they started doing, uh, the legends of Khonshu, uh, and, the, and things got really weird with like Ultron and whatnot involved. Hmm. And then he disappeared again, and then he reappeared again, like in the past handful of years, uh, in like you know bringing in bringing in Mister Knight and and then Ellis's run and then Woods run and Buns and that, and now Lemire. Uh, so yeah, you you don't hear about him, and it's sort of because uh, Marvel keeps dropping him, okay, and like they, they drop him into a minor role. And they bring him back up again and they drop him again and they bring him back up again. I think it's because he is very similar to Batman and they don't want to be accused too much of like, of just of parroting it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's, I think it's also because he's frankly speaking, a lot darker than most of the Marvel characters. He's really on par with Punisher. Mm. Uh, He's on par with Punisher. He's between Daredevil and Punisher. You know how like, like Punisher says to Daredevil, like you're like you're one bad day away from becoming me. No. Mark is like, twelve hours away from uh, becoming Punisher, <laughs> uh, be- because because Mark still has a sense of heroism. Mm. He still has a sense of a secret identity. He hasn't abandoned, the the theatrics and just gone out hunting people. Uh huh. So. Yeah, so you don't hear much about him because he is he's a bit extreme for the Marvel Universe.
0: <laughs> wow. Um, how does he do on teams? Because it seems like probably the other heroes wouldn't like his approach. He's,
1: again, M- Moon Knight is rather flexible. Uh, so mm. he, he works well okay. He teams up. Uh, he teams up with a lot of folks. Again, he te- he's teamed up with Spider-Man, Daredevil, and Punisher before. He's helped revive black Panther. He's, he, I think he works with Thor for a little, for a little while. He, he helps out a lot of people and they all seem to be just fine with him. Spider-Man thinks he's a little insane. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, I think Spider-Man's nickname for him is Moony uh, as in like, you know, being a little Moony, being Uh a little crazy. Uh, But Overall, he teams up just fine. I think, it's, like I said, it's because he's not full Punisher yet. He still understands the theatricality and heroism mm-hmm. element. Uh, and he's not completely rogue.
0: Right. So he does
1: okay. I think he does better on his own, but he he chimes in pretty well.
0: Okay. Um, so what is his... I mean, it, it it would seem that any superhero would have kind of like a difficult time juggling their personal life. But it sounds like he has many personal lives that he has to juggle. <laughs> what is well, well, that? It doesn't mean he doesn't have
1: trouble juggling it. There's an entire run of Moon Knight called The Bottom where Mark just like – Mark just bottoms out. And like he's pretty much only doing Moon Knight and he's fallen into like a massive depression because he doesn't actually know what to do with his own life. Mm. Uh and he feels like Conchu has abandoned him, and so he just he's just a guy running around in types now. Um, but yeah, like beyond moments like that, I think the multiple personalities have fallen in as a way of of Mark coping with having all these personal life stuff, and it allows him to be able to do everything he needs to do. It also helps that he has he has some compatriots helping him out along the way. Uh, he's got friends and allies like, uh, like like i said one of the one of the people that he aligned with uh i can never remember his actual name because he's always been referred to as frenchy
0: because
1: uh-huh. he's, he's a french guy okay he was he was he was a french agent uh let me let me look up his name really quick but he, he yeah he was uh jean-paul Duchamp. he was a french mercenary uh frenchy again frenchy is a mix of like Robin and Alfred, uh, like he he helps Mark out. Like he helps Mark out, but he he's not throwing on a costume and going out there. He's like he's like scoping stuff out for Mark and you know doing recon for him. He flies the jet or drives the limo sometimes, mm-hmm. but he's also a trained mercenary okay. uh, and can totally hold his own if the, should the should the need arise. He's got a he's got a rolling roster of of friends as well, and I always forget their names because uh, there's just there's just so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like Marlene is one of them. Uh, is like who's uh, sometimes she's in his origin story, sometimes she's not, depending on how they. How they redo. Uh, but he, yeah, he does okay because he actually has to speak like unlike batman who like you know he feels like he can't have any person close personal connections but then he sort of like builds he is mark actually has friends who are also his agents kind of like the shadow Mm, okay so so he manages to balance himself pretty well overall
0: so i would imagine he doesn't have really like a a family (laughs) not so much not so much okay um do we, ever get to, uh, yeah. do we ever get to see him kind of, like, not be Moon Knight and just kind of, like, living his daily life, like, how he handles that? Like, is there is there him, you know, dating and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, so you get more of him as Mark Spector early on in, in the comic run when they were just starting out and they were just, you know, sort of following a general formula with all superheroes of, you know, here's their personal life, here's their superhero life. But as as we start going through, you see less and less of his personal life mm-hmm. and more of him as Moon Knight. Or when you do see Mark, he's still doing Moon Knight things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he's not so much like running his business or whatnot. He's like uh, Jeff Lemire's most recent run of Moon Knight actually deals with his multiple personalities a lot more and deals with the notion of Khonshu and and the egyptian spiritualism a lot more. Uh, but you see Mark Spector the majority of the way through. Mm-hmm. He's just still doing all the moon knight stuff, but he's Mark. And he's actually addressing his his personalities.
0: Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that does. It's kind of like confronting them, trying to get a hold on them and I mean, that's yes. what I'm understanding.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. He's yeah, he's con- he's confronting them. Uh there are there are newer personalities that show up uh, over the course of it because his mind is fracturing more, and yeah, he has to actually come to grips with them and accept that they are all a part of him, uh, and that's that's sort of the last place that we that we really leave Moon Knight as he he has to come to grips with the fact that he that he has created all these personalities and they are not individual people; they are all him, hmm. and that's an that's a reintegration. And I'm not really sure Moon Knight goes from here, uh, because if he's, if he's more sane, then it changes the game a lot in terms of how he acts. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you don't really get a whole lot of you don't get a whole lot of a uh, personal life of Mark Specter unless you know things are going wrong in his personal life. Do people know
0: like? You, I think you mentioned earlier that it's a secret identity, so people don't know that he is Moon Knight.
1: His friends do. Like okay. Frenchie knows that he's Moon Knight. Marlene does. Right. Uh, some of his other friends, like uh, Crawley, uh, knows that he's Moon Knight. Um, yeah, he he. The, the people that he works with directly mm-hmm. know that he is Moon Knight. Much like the sh- the people that work with the Shadow and Batman know who they are. Uh, but it's not like, it's not like a Tony Stark thing. Right. Okay. Uh, everybody knows that. And it's not even like a Spider-Man thing where he's like desperately trying to keep it secret. There just aren't a whole lot of close people in Mark Spector's life for him to tell.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm I'm imagining that these people know about his different personas then as well. Uh, yes. And how do they, like, do they think it's a concern? Like, how do they handle it with him?
1: They definitely are concerned. Uh Frenchy is a bit more lax with it because I guess he was there from the beginning. So he sees it more as, you know, these personas that he's putting on, but a lot of the, a lot of the uh, mental state stuff gets addressed in more recent runs because Mark starts to fracture more and you have writers that are more willing to take on the mental illness side of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of them, aren't super concerned or when they, or when they express concern, they kind of express concern, but they don't really know how to, how to broach that topic. How to say like, Hey, we're worried that you might actually be crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, do you- like, again, like, you know, like I said, even Spider-Man, uh, you know, calls him Moony cause it rhymes with Loony. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's all they really do. Like the Avengers don't really sit him down and go, <laughs> Hey,
0: uh, you know, yeah, maybe we should talk about this. <laughs> Do you think? And like, he seems to be aware that he has this stuff going on. He's absolutely aware. Do you think that he would be receptive to them talking to him about it? I think it depends on who's in control. Ah. <laughs> uh, at, at the
1: at the at that point. Okay. Uh, but but ultimately, I think. I think the big thing is that uh, he wouldn't care too much because he views these alter egos as, you know, as aiding him in his, in his quest. Mm -hmm. They're also, they're also demons, like his own personal demons that he has to wrestle with because they have their own lives, their own shortcomings. But they are a means to an end for him. And that end is, is vigilantism. That end is stopping crime.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, So I don't, I feel like he would be receptive, but I also feel like he would dismiss it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you think that he could ever get to that point where he isn't a vigilante? Because, I, I mean, we haven't really talked about why he's out there being a vigilante, other than the fact that, like, Khonshu kind of, like, wants him to fight for him. Um, but is yeah. there, like, a deeper reason for that? Um,
1: I think... I think the reason he does it, I think it's penance Hmm. because he lived as a mercenary for a, for a long time. Uh, And that meant that he, that means that he saw some terrible things, did some terrible things associated with some terrible people like Bushman. And I feel like, again, this is where the shadow comes in. I feel like he is repenting in a way for the crimes that he committed by kicking the crap out of people that are committing crimes over here. Mm. Uh, And since Conchu charged him with it, the spirit of vengeance uh, more or less charged him with it. He feels justified in his actions. Mm. But like Mark has, Mark has lived not as a vigilante before Uh, he, before Grant and Lockley became like real mental personas he abandoned the whole thing uh and tried to like just and tried just you know live as a rich guy and had a relationship with marlene and then he just couldn't take it anymore and became moon knight again
0: Hmm. yeah like
1: he he tried to do it tried to do it tried to do it and then he basically went i can't i gotta i gotta do this i i gotta go i gotta go put on white tights and and punch (laughs) people and like became moon knight again and consu Good job. Here's a bunch of new weapons. <laughs> <laughs> no, basically, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. K- Kanjiu like here's a bunch of new weapons, and then Kanchu possessed him briefly, which gave him uh, which gave him superpowers ag- again briefly. And yeah, like um. he he tried. He tried. <laughs> Might get more of that now after the Lam- after the Lamia run. Okay. Since uh, since Spectre's finally embraced his mental illness Mm. and has accepted all this. We might get more of that, but I don't think so. Okay. I think that, I think that Mark Spector is Moon Knight and he has accepted that and he is comfortable with that.
0: Okay. Well, that's good for him, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you did mention kind of like Khonshu being this kind of like go take care of vengeance and stuff. Does he ever come across, and I feel like he has, but like, does he ever come across Ghost Rider? And is there like any kind of like relationship there? Uh, there's
1: been some interactions with like the Phantom Riders, uh, like the, the Phantom Rider and Hellstrom and stuff. Uh, so yeah, he he's had some involvement with with Ghost Rider, uh, not a whole lot. He he mostly sticks to the street level. Mm. Uh, again, like again, like Punisher, Night Thrasher, folks like that, and he doesn't get so much into that spiritual realm. It's just sort of a thing that keeps happening to him. Uh, if that makes any sense,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, the most spiritual that we really get is in the Lemire run. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like he's he interacted with Ghost Rider a lot in the uh, like in the Shadowland stuff when they were trying to take down Daredevil uh, when Daredevil became like that when Daredevil got like possessed by the hand and mm. uh, was like running all of Hell's kitchen and, and in Shadowland. Mm-hmm. he teams up with like Iron Fist. He teams up with, like, almost all of the Defenders and Ghost Rider uh, to take down Daredevil.
0: Hmm, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we're going to get a little bit beyond what the comics are. Um, so my first question is, I don't know if you've heard rumors, but there are rumors that uh, Moon Knight may make an appearance in the, de- in the um, Punisher series. I have heard
1: that, and that's the most logical place for him to show up.
0: Okay, so you're one hundred percent down for that. I mean, yeah, because okay, so if you look at the four
1: defenders, mm-hmm. uh, I guess this will be. Did you? Did you? You've already watched Defenders.
0: I have not. I'm still. I still have okay, one episode left fine. of Luke Cage. That's fine. I'll,
1: I'll, I was gonna. I was gonna do spoiler warnings for your listeners, but I'll just speak vaguely. Uh, <laughs> I'll speak vaguely. Mark Spector has no place. In Luke Cage or Jessica Jones or Iron Fist, the way that they, the way that their characters are set up,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like he he doesn't belong there. So the only other places that he would belong would be Daredevil and Punisher. The way that Daredevil is going now after the Defenders does not lend itself to that. Mm. Uh, so if he were going to show up anytime soon. Uh, Punisher would be the place for it because Mark Spector has a military background, and Mark Spector is a equally violent vigilante
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, with with a different, and, but and and he's again very opposite of Punisher. Punisher is tactical gear, black, wearing like totem guns and shooting people. Mark is wearing all white, theatricality, and fists and and blades.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he's a he's rather opposite. Uh, I don't think that he'll show up in the same role that Punisher did in Daredevil. Uh, as I don't think he'll show up as an opposite of Punisher. I think he'll show up either alongside Punisher, or he'll have an episode where he appears, or he might just get Mark Specter.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: like it's it's highly possible that they that they would just give us Mark Spector that they would just give us Mark Specter and maybe. Touch a little bit on Moon Knight to see if fans go for it, and then bring in Moon Knight later on, kind of like how they did with uh, the Flash in in Arrow, mm. where they brought in Barry Allen, and they kind of teased at the Flash, and everybody was super receptive to it, so they went so they went with it. Right, I could see that happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested, especially if we got. I mean, uh, like I said, I only have the the experience with the one version of uh, Moon Knight, uh, Mister Knight. And, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to having him because I feel like that's his sexiest form. Um. <laughs> I think I, I think Mr. Knight fits in more with the current
1: defenders, honestly, mm. as well.
0: Okay. I would like
1: to I would like to see you know, Moon like full on Moon Knight. Uh, I think that would be very brave of of the directors and the showrunners. <laughs> but I think I think Mr. Knight does make a lot more sense the way that they're going. Mm,
0: okay, um, so then. So we're almost done. <laughs> um are okay. So at the moment, it seems like we kind of left Moon Knight uh, figuring it out as far as yeah. what's going on with himself. Where would you like to see this character go?
1: Honestly, like it's very hard to say because uh, Lamire really tackled. I feel. I feel like the big plot point. Of of the whole Moon Knight arc, which is his multiple personalities, and he addressed it in a very esoteric way, but he actually like also like really honed in on this multiple personality stuff. So, I don't really I can't think of a huge thing that I'd like to see Moon Knight do, but I would like to see Moon Knight like if Mark Spector has full autonomy as full uh authority over himself i would like to see what he can do as a centralized moon knight Hmm. like mark now it's mark specter is moon knight mark specter knows who he is and he's not breaking mentally what can he do is he more efficient now or does he need this does he need these multiple personalities to function uh because that because that because it's hard to say you know from the moment he showed up, he created multiple personas uh, and they became deeper personas and they helped him really manage. So if we, if we wind up with just Mark Spector, can he function at the same efficacy as the way we've known him Mm -hmm. where he had all these other personas going on? Hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Does he, will he feel an emptiness? (laughs) Will, yeah, yeah. Will he feel an emptiness? Will, Will that break? Will that break uh, be better for his focus? Can he de- can he actually have a personal life now? Hmm. I, I don't know, um, <laughs> and I'd kind of like to see that. But Lemire tackled the really big thing, so yeah. Now I just want to see like what. Now I want to see like what can Mark Spector do if he's a little bit more sane?
0: Yeah. Or
1: will he ever be fully sane? Mm-hmm. Will he always be a broken man?
0: I mean, I guess it would be, and I don't read it, so I maybe can't speak too much to it, but I guess it would be interesting to kind of see him uh, find his center, I guess, and uh, we see him be a little bit more normalized and and stuff, and then maybe have another breakdown or something. Uh, but yeah, that would be an interesting thing to see if we haven't gotten that yet.
1: I think that would be really cool. Um, yeah, I, I, think that, I think that would be really cool. But I guess the big on top of all of that, the question the question comes up of is just Mark Spector enough for Kanshu Because Kanshu is mm. fickle, and if Konchu doesn't feel like he's being served properly, he'll find another avatar to serve oh. him. Uh, so it seems that Kanshu was accepting of Mark Spector's decision and the way that his the way that his mind went, but will he will he be okay <laughs> after or will he lose that mantle again interesting that's hard to, it's hard to tell
0: but do you think that he if Khonshu were to say like no thank you <laughs> to him that he would just continue on doing it anyways? um i
1: don't know uh i feel like Khonshu drives his purpose hmm. Like, like, he has a sense of purpose, but Khonshu is the reason that he goes to the extremes that he does. And I feel like if Khonshu were gone, Mark would be a different kind of vigilante.
0: Hmm.
1: Like, he might just be Mr. Knight as opposed to Moon Knight. Right. Like, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, no, it does. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, cool. So, I got my final two questions, and then we're done. Well, actually, there's one little quick, quick question. Um, Okay. What you you mentioned that he uh, he kind of had a little bit of involvement with the whole like superhero registration. Where did he lie on that?
1: Oh, I don't really remember. Uh, I don't really remember. I think that uh, if I can recall, if I can recall, he he pretty much he didn't really have much to do with it overall. Mm -hmm. Like he was very content being a vigilante, and like. I think both, I think, uh, both sides tried to talk with him and he just sort of went nah. And he's like, you know, I'm not really interested in that. He, so he never really took up a side in the fight. He was just like courted by both sides. <laughs> okay.
0: If um, I can recall,
1: I, I don't, I don't recall, I don't recall much significant happening with him in the superior registration act.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So final questions, um, what would you recommend for readers if they want to, like, get a really good Moon Knight story? Is there any, like, um, run or anything that you would recommend?
1: I personally think that uh, the comics from, like, 2000, I think it was, like, 14 on. So, like, L- like, it's, like, it's a volume six. Uh, yeah, it's, vo- it's volume six. It's the all-new, all-different Marvel hmm. uh, with you know Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood? And Greg Smallwood, that's the one where he really starts exploring his personalities. That's not a good starting point, but it's one of the better stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I think that Volume Five, the one with Ellis and Wood and Bun, I think that is a really good way to get a a look at Moon Knight. Again, you don't get the full backstory, but you I feel like you can really understand who Moon Knight is based on these vignette stories because they're very straightforward. You get like a weird mysticism. You get that he's not really above checking anything out. That you get a sense of like what what ends he'll go to. There's some supernatural element. There's some street element to it. So the most recent ones are really are really the good ones. Apart from that, I'd say that. Sorry if you can hear the dog. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. Uh, yeah. Apart from that, I'd say that uh, like Bendis's run is really good. Yeah, Bendis did a really, really good job uh, with all of that. And then there was a there was a run called The Bottom, where Taskmaster gets recruited to fight Moon Knight. Taskmaster is the other big yeah, Taskmaster is the other big vi- uh, villain for Moon Knight, and Taskmaster gets recruited to take out to take down Moon Knight after he's thwarted all these villains' plans. Uh, so that's another good one. Oh. I forgot one of my favorite things about Taskmaster. Uh So Taskmaster is a villain. He can, he has muscle memory upon observation. He can replicate anybody's fighting style Hmm. uh, upon watching them. He does not do that for Moon Knight because Moon Knight is so crazy. He would rather take a punch than block it. (laughs) What? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like Moon Knight is so, is so hands-on. That, you know, he's the kind of guy that would headbutt your fist to block it. So, <laughs> so Taskmaster is like, maybe I won't copy him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Um, all right. So, the final question, in a nice, pretty bow. Uh, what is it about Moon Knight that really draws you to him?
1: Oh, like I said earlier, um, I feel like he's a more, a more rational approach to how, to how Batman would be. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman is not one of my favorite heroes. I like him, but I'm not crazy about him the way that a lot of people are. And I think it's because I have Moon Knight. Mm. Uh, I, I, have, what feels to be a more realistic rendition of Batman, Bat, Bat, there's a lot of apology that comes, that goes into Batman and how he's able to do everything, how he's able to afford everything. How he's able to keep his head about everything. And there is no apology for that with Moon Knight. Like, yeah, there, there's no there's no apology there. You you see the you see the lengths he's willing to go to. He has no like no real code uh that, that seems like you know out of place in, in the vigilante world. But he's not he's not just a guy running around with a gun. He still has a sense of striking fear into the hearts of men. He has the old school hero thing with Mm. the newer school edge, I guess, that a lot of people really like. But moreover, I like the fact that he is constantly wrestling with himself and not in the sense of, you know, should I be a hero? Should I put my family first? He's not doing the Spider-Man wrestling. Mm -hmm. He's actually struggling with who he is as a person and his role... In life, as this avatar of of a deity, and is he worthy? Uh, Has he has he paid enough penance for what he did? Is he even who he thinks he is? Is the world around him real? Is he actually fighting people, or is he a crazy guy in an asylum punching orderlies? Like (laughs) he he has to wrestle with his own head a lot, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that makes him a very fascinating character. And then finally, the thing I really like I like that he's not truly bound to one thing. Like He's very street level, but because of Khonshu, he dreads into the supernatural a lot and it makes kind of sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like Spider-Man, when he interacts with Doctor Strange, it's fun. Spider-Man feels very out of place. Mm. Moon Knight can walk into pretty much any situation and it feels like it works. Mm. Whether or not he belongs there. It feels like it works because he is completely unfazed by all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, that may be a product of a broken mind, but he is not bothered
0: yeah. by whatever's going on. yeah, I mean, it goes back Realistic to that It goes back to you when you were saying that he's a flexible character. yeah, yeah, Wow. okay. Well, all of that was very fascinating. And <laughs> thank you so much for uh, being on the show and telling me all about this. Um where can people find you online and, and find the stuff that you're working on? Oh uh, geez. Um I'm on Twitter. Uh
1: I'm I'm on Twitter. My handle is I of chaos. It's K-A-O-S. It's an old name from when I was in <laughs> high school. I I never abandoned it. Uh I'm on Facebook. My profile is public. Um I I I do some I do some web series. i worked with the Uncanny X-Men web series. Uh, for a while. We're based here in Atlanta. We've done, we've run the gamut of X-Men stories from the Dark Phoenix saga to the Brotherhood to Apocalypse and One Man's Worth, everything. Uh, So that's Uncanny X-Men online. I'm one of the executive, I'm one of the executive producers and, and actors in it. Um, I wrote a book. uh, It's on Amazon. It's called Talon's Grasp. It's uh, kind of like a, big Harry Buffy, the vampire slayer. I wanted to do a story about a, I wanted to do a story about a guy whose job it was to keep people safe from the supernatural world, but he wasn't so whiny about it. <laughs> uh, like, like so many other uh, uh, people in his role. This uh-huh. is, this is his day job. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I'm a voice on a podcast called the blood crow stories. Uh, produced by Ellie Collins and Scott Moore. I'm actually writing on season two uh, that'll be starting up in October. So you can find that online as well. It's it's the Blood Crows Stories on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, whatever podcasting. Patreon, if you want to throw some money at it to help us do more things. I'm wherever I can be.
0: Uh, (laughs) Good. Staying busy. (laughs) I
1: I stretch myself thin. Not quite to Mark Spector's uh, degree,
0: but... (laughs) I, well, I, I go where I can. Uh hashtag goals, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Zachary. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. That was Zachary Valdo. Yay! Thank you, Zachary Valdo, for being on my podcast. Um that I'm that was way creepier than I intended that to sound. Um yeah, so lots of stuff learned about um about Moon Knight. Um He's crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, I I really would like to see him played on the big I mean, not the big screen. Well, yeah, big screen. Why not big screen? Small screen as well. Netflix, get on it. Um, so, yeah, that was Zachary Vado. Thank you so much. I'm going to be putting all his information on the show notes, uh, links to his web series, The Uncanny X-Men, um, his book, which you can find on Amazon. Everything that you will need to know about him will be there. Uh yeah, so that's the show, you guys. Thank you so much for listening for for being a consistent listener of my show. Um yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming at you. Um, I already premiered the web series that I've been working on, a cocktail movie recap. So go check that out on YouTube right now. Uh, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll link that in the show notes as well just to make it easier for you guys. Uh, as always, you can find all the show notes and every single episode on interviewacomicnerd.com. Um, I think that's what the website is. I always forget. Just Google interview with a comic book nerd and it should show up. But yeah, so remember, uh, every single episode that is posted – you can go in there, comment if you agree with anything, disagree with anything, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff that you've heard a million times before. Go in there, comment, and also tell me what you guys think about Iron Fist. No one told me anything. <laughs> I am here to listen to your criticisms. Also, in humans, do you hate it? Uh, I'm not going to ask if you love it because I think I know the answer. Um, uh, Kingsman, you know, do you agree with me? Blah, blah, blah. All the stuff that we talked about on the show. Um, There is a recommendation I'm going to make, actually. Uh, It's a movie I watched last night, which kind of, um, I I think if you guys listen to me, maybe our politics align a little bit. (laughs) Um, I am more left than right. That is for sure. But anyway, I watched this movie yesterday. Uh, Writer Mike White, I forget the director's name, uh, but he wrote this movie called Beatrice at Dinner. And wow, uh, don't watch this if you're already in a bad mood. Because um, this just kind of puts, uh, puts to to screen what I guess uh, liberal people are are feeling when they talk to people who are more conservative, um, and it is kind of one sided, uh, for sure, but. The ending is pretty much how I feel a lot. <laughs> so it's, it's not a feel-good movie at all, but it's fascinating. Um, so I recommend that this week. Beatrice at Dinner. It's already out on um, demand, I guess, video. You can rent it on Amazon or anywhere you rent your stuff. Maybe Redbox has it. Is Redbox still a thing? I haven't been to Redbox in a very long time. Uh, but I know people still get Netflix DVDs slash Blu-rays delivered to their homes. So I- I'm assuming Redbox is still a thing. I should go to Ralph's and really find find out. It's not really that important to me. Um, so anyway, yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on... Um, that's it, actually. <laughs> that's all we have. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at LeRichardC. All I do is... Uh, I haven't really been posting a lot, actually. You might be able to find me on Facebook. Apparently, people can't find me. Um, I don't know why my... My profile is public, but it's there. Also, Instagram. Um, you can find me there at Le Richard C as well. Uh, is this the first time I've been plugging that kind of social, like my personal social media? Who knows? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> the show is "Interview a Nerd" on Twitter, I believe. Uh, yeah, that's the show. Thank you guys so much for listening to another show. Hey, by the way, if you've if you've got an iPhone and you've upgraded to to iOS 11, you've noticed that. That the podcast app has made it very easy for you to rate and comment, uh, review uh, your podcast. So, so go do that. It's already open. It's already there. You don't have to search for it anymore. Just go, go clickety clickety some stars, and then say, "Hey, this is okay." <laughs> and I will be so happy with that. Go rate my show wherever you guys can. I believe we're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. We are on um, iTunes. Basically, anywhere you get your podcast, I think you can find this show. And if you can't find it, go to the website because we have links to how to find it. Because even I've Googled my 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 show on Google Play, and you know, Google had a birthday um, last week. I'm going on so many tangents. Google had a birthday last week, and we don't say search, you know, nearly as much as we as we should. We say Google. I Google on Google Play is what I said is basically my point. Search on Google Play. I searched on Google Play for the show and I did not find it. However, the link does direct you right to the... Li- anyway, it's there. <laughs> Thank you so much to Zachary Valdo once again for doing the show. And stick around till the end of the episode because there is a song that I am putting at the end. It is called Moon Knight is Cool. The artist is Gothsicles. Don't you just love that, Gosticles? I'm going to also link the uh, YouTube video of that on the show notes, so make sure you check that out as well. But yeah, listen to the song at the end of the episode. Okay, that's it. Um, Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Stay nice to each other. Stay kind. Be lovely. And I will see you guys next time. Bye.